Welcome to the Montague Report podcast. We have a special episode today. We are with Nina Rossi and Mike Jackson to talk about a theme issue, which is apparently a thing at the Montague Reporter. Huh? Wait a minute, no gimmicky theme issues, just yeah. normal papers. Yeah, some people recognize a pattern, I think, in our, our March 30th edition and seem to be uh, making a big deal of it. Yeah, this was actually Stella Silbert's idea. Stella is our podcast editor, so she's she listens to all of our podcast episodes and puts them together and cuts out all the boring parts before they get published. Thank you, Stella. <laughs> so she's the the brains behind this particular episode. Um, we haven't been on an episode together. No, I guess we haven't. So um, Nina is the features editor of the Monarchy Reporter. And illustrator. Yes, Nina um, does a lot of things besides uh, editing features and... Uh, was was kind of the the mastermind behind this this stealth oh, okay. uh, theme edition. Nina, you're like a multimodal artist. How would you describe yourself? Yeah, I decided I'd describe myself as a composer when it comes to art. It's mm-hmm. like then I have access to all materials, and it's just the arting, the putting it together thing. And hey, newspapers and stories and ideas and illustrations fit right into that whole thing. So where did this idea come from? Gee, uh, life from page one, I guess. So a lot of the stories in our March 30th edition were about death. Yes. It was something that, you know, I think that we've talked about um, doing different theme weeks. We uh, kind of last year was when this one first came up. Um, The way I've kind of been explaining it to people is um, we have these four monthly pages, right? We have um, a science page and a poetry page and a kid's page and a Spanish language page. And uh, those are just on monthly rotations, but some months have five Thursdays in them. So when we're uh, sitting down and and kind of gridding out some of the future editions of the reporter, um, sometimes it's like, oh, what are we going to do in this fifth uh, Thursday? Right. And it was kind of, we thought that we might even be able to catch a little bit of a break by having a, a lot of things on one subject and being able to arrange things in advance. But I don't think it really worked out to be less work. But Yeah. So last year when we did it, um, that conversation resulted in we, we did a, it was initially going to be an entire, um, the entire paper, but it ended up being just the whole B-side was um, larger format than normal um, photos. And I remember that. Yeah. 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 That was cool. That came out well, and I do think was labor-saving on, on our end. It gave us an easier week that week. Yeah. Pictures worth a thousand words, yada, yada. Yeah. We're, we're talking about uh, repeating that trick. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have been trying consciously all along the thread of the paper to pay attention to the subject of death and mortality and things having to do with with that. But it seemed a good opportunity to bundle it up like this, go yeah. across more different topics related. And we have a lot more that we didn't get to. Right. So last spring when we were doing that, I think that's when um, the Death Cafe here in town was starting. Yeah. And, you know, it had been something that we've been also just talking about for years on and off, but that was one of the ideas I remember that really came up when we were trying to figure out what to do with that week last year. And so then, you know, kind of for 
um, another nine months it got kicked along and then when we rounded uh, the year into January we noticed that um, there were five Thursdays in March yeah. and, and yeah, yeah kind of yeah. at that point fell together but Nina Nina really was the one uh, advocating for it and I think yeah. uh, death as a topic was the top of that list do you want to talk about where that um, fascination came from for you why <laughs> why was that on your mind uh, just as uh, something that needs to be enfolded more into regular life and uh-huh. in a similar way to way changes happened in the birthing industry where people demanded services in a different way uh, to experience birth in all of its painful glory um, in ways that the medical establishment wasn't permitting. Uh, I think the funeral industry is undergoing a similar kind of revolutionary change where people are thinking about you know other ways of disposing of the bodies other ways to end your life naturally or uh, with assistance and um, an aging population is pushing those concerns along too you know and i'm kind of one of them on the baby end of 63 i guess as an elder but you know um, the losses increase the older you get, you know, people around you, your loved ones, your family. And uh, then we had the pandemic, of course, also pushed death into the forefront. Yeah, we've both had a lot of people in our lives die Mm -hmm. while we've been editing this paper. Um, So, you know, it always comes up. um, And we've also, you know, some of these topics are ones that um, we've had maybe they're written on or had other people write on um, in the past. Uh, The Montague uh, Cemetery Commission has been uh, taken over by entryists from the uh, uh, Green Burials Movement, um, Mm -hmm. and there's now going to be a a green cemetery here in town up at Highland Cemetery, and that um, was kind of all announced publicly in the fall, and we knew that we wanted to get kind of another crack at that um, mm-hmm. topic and that ended up being um, Judith who's on that commission um, wrote a guest op-ed uh, which was was good um, and then some of the you know certainly um, Dina Standers Shrouds um, Biz mm-hmm. we've covered yes. and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think some of the and you, Mary Fraser we profiled yeah. before yeah yeah you mm-hmm. also did the illustration of, of Mary which turned out to be really helpful because then we could dip into those photos for the, for, the, <laughs> for the file photo for that piece right right and yeah I mean I think it's something that like for years we've been mm-hmm. talking about wanting to, to do more of so yeah one one big blast you know this was a one good way yeah. to go about that yeah mm-hmm. yeah I have yeah. a list of articles here I don't know if it would be useful for listeners for me to say what they are just to get more context yeah yeah New Wishes for Funerals Create Niche for Crafts by Charlotte Murdershaw. So this one is about Mary Fraser, who makes woven coffins. Assisted Death Bill Returns to Beacon Hill this season, Sarah Robertson. Local Death Care Workers Warn Build Capacity Now by Natan Cohen. As Media Shifts, Will You Write Your Own Obituary by Easton Smith. Cafes Spread Cake, Tea, and Support in Mortality by Lee Wicks. Guest Editorial, Natural Burial, A Return to the Earth by Judith Lore. Stories in the Stones. Nina, you wrote that. Yeah. Death and Dying, A Curated Book List by Caitlin Kelly and Staff. 
Root Beer Floats at the Osgood Brook Cemetery, also by Sarah Robertson. So she wrote to that about death. Mm-hmm. Volunteering in Hospice, a Front Row Seat by Trouble Mandison. Lost and Found at the Cemetery by Jerry Moran. Preparing for Your Digital Death by Ryan Hager. Two Views in Prose and Poetry from a Draft of the Auto Obituary of David James by David James. Mortal Planning by E.E. Miller. Uh, The Pet of the Week was an obituary of Wallace the Rat. David Brule's column was also themed. Yes, that's the last one. West along the river, epitaphs from beyond the tomb by David Brohm. Yeah, and then David James's uh, history of spiritualism. Yes, yeah. okay, yeah. which is also very related to death. Yeah, so the over the hill cartoon is also a theme. So that's mm-hmm. like in the ballpark of eighteen uh, items, and then yes. you'll see uh, this was captioned yeah. to be about the fish. <laughs> yes, I love that photo. It's a photo of an otter uh, eating a fish, and can you read the caption? Yeah, we wrote, a small Wendell fish moved suddenly up the great chain of being. And you, who wrote that? Mm. You? <laughs> captions department. Yes, captions department. excellent captions department. Yeah, so, I mean, you'd have to be um, willfully not paying attention to not notice the theme. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a theme that a lot of people do willfully ignore. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah, some elaborate uh, social and psychic mechanisms uh, many of us mm-hmm. built up around yeah. that. Um, I am, if we're self-declaring, um, you know, uh, still 41 and in the um, never, never actually going to die um, corporeally category. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but as an editor, I mean, the, the part of the reason that this uh, appeals to to me is like I like um, facing endings and kind of facing how endings are or aren't reincorporated, and that's not just death, really, for me. Like it's a, you know, it's when organizations and it's when um, it's time to bring such and such a building down. Mm-hmm. It's uh, also, you know, what we're doing with our, our wastewater, you know, is actually kind of in the same mm-hmm. category for me. And mm-hmm. I think that all of these, in addition to uh, corporeal human death, are all kind of um, taboo or have been in, in our culture, um, you know, outside of like having this or that, like appropriate kind of like ceremony or, or mm-hmm. sanctification. Um kind of seen as it's like a negative thing if you're discussing these things like head on. Yeah. I know that we, you know, the first little bit of feedback that we got for this paper was someone wrote on Facebook like, hey, oh, this is morbid. Kind of morbid, yeah. Have oh, you had really? noticed any other negative feedback? I've only heard positives, but... That was it, and I'm yeah. not necessarily taking that one as negative, yeah. but, you know, yeah, we've got a lot of good. It's been slow, you know, um, it's, it's trickling in, but, you know, I've run into people... Um, I was out biking yesterday, and someone was like, thanks for that. What is today? The 13th? 14th? Yeah, yeah. April 14th? Yeah. Right, so a full two weeks out, yeah, yeah I ran into someone again um, who, who just, yeah, kind of the first thing they said to me was, thanks for this, and mm-hmm. yeah, getting a lot of that. Yeah, I feel like there's so so much more that we didn't get to here as well. What so, would you like to have gotten to? Well, composting. That whole uh, virtual reality headsets and psychedelics for the dying. We didn't do grief. We didn't do ritual. Right. Well, I mean, as I remember it, you know, you were kind of pushing us away from the grief corner. Yeah. Right. And and these assignments. And I mean, we had a list that was a real, you know, like nuts and boltsy thing that we were trying to kind of farm out to to writers. And we had some things go out to writers and, and... 
um, come back and some of those we were able to put back out if they were like top priorities but you know definitely like I the stuff that I wanted um, that didn't show up was like what do you do with your stuff or yeah. you know who ends up doing stuff with your stuff uh, right. like the state that's um, big uh, mm. People who do cleanouts for estate sales and just kind of like the, the whole aftermath, yes. and also uh, you know people are doing um, death cleaning, um, you know mm-hmm. both themselves um, ahead of time or yeah. Yeah, trying yeah. to plan for that. Right, and the other the legalities of preparing your will and all that other stuff, getting your affairs in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that struck me about all of the articles was there's a lot about the politics of death. There were a lot of ways that, especially in the A section, that, you know, the reporting related death to policy. And I feel like that's not talked about or not written about that much. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, getting into this topic, I want to also say that, like, having done this edition, it's kind of now extending. And in both of the subsequent weeks, we printed things that really feel like they're, you know, parts of this project also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last week in the Your Sick Friend um, column, which mm-hmm. is a regular column that we run, Casey Waite had like a really direct, um, it was like a response, um, but really felt like it was helping flesh out um, something about the piece that we did on um, the assisted death bill mm-hmm. in Massachusetts and got into kind of a part of that conversation or debate that we were happy to add in. Mm-hmm. And then this week, um, you know, there was a piece responding to the, the obituary writing article. So yeah. I just want to kind of include, right. yeah. especially Casey's piece yeah. in that. And yeah, I mean, death is, is uh, regulated. Uh, you know, people want to be careful about where people are leaving people's bodies. Um, you know, it's well well-known health risk um, and the medical assistance stuff is, raises millions of questions. Um, one of my favorite pieces in this was, was toward the end E. E. Miller's um, piece. Uh, Mortal planning. Yeah, yeah. And E. E. had surfaced, you know, earlier here. Um, e. E. is like a, a local um, death worker, death doula, dying people helper, um, and is now in a position of of, have, of being involved in this kind of work and feeling kind of like critical or wary of a lot of how it's shaping up. And so it was kind of like a good. Sort of the tyranny of having a good death now that we're yeah. imposing on our end of our life. Yeah, it's like another yeah. thing to worry about, yeah. you know. Like, you're not just, like, worrying about, oh, no, I'm going to die. What happens when I die? But, like, is it going to go well? Right. <laughs> kind of like with birth, it's like, oh, you have to have a, a plan. And then if it doesn't go to plan, that becomes a whole big thing and, like, yeah. traumatic. It can be traumatic, so... Yeah. Yes, but you have to keep in mind that the point of having birth is to have a baby, and the baby is... So with our lack of religion these days, the point of dying, we haven't even approached the belief in the beyond in, in these pages. Well, there's the yeah. spiritualist one that David James yeah. wrote, yeah. 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 So, I mean... But, like, how can we know? I think that's what's so fascinating. Yeah. So we can't know, and, and we can't even predict or control you know there, there's kind of two ends of how how approaches to dying are, are being transformed um one of which is just you know obviously like that beautiful death is is you know probably easier to arrange for people who have you know a lot of money um and time on their hands yeah. mm-hmm. 
then it's also, you know, with, with um, medically assisted death, you know, one of the big questions is like, is that a decision that's also being reached in some cases by people partly because like they don't otherwise have enough money to make extending their life a more a more enjoyable uh, pursuit and death is universal but uh, the experience of the living yeah. is like very stratified by who's got money right now What was it like for you working with so many different writers in this edition? I think everybody seemed to really like these assignments and, and mm-hmm. took them up quite eagerly. So that was really that was really good, and I was so pleased to have the library's contribution there. It really came through. And you wrote an article, too, about <laughs> gravestones, and I thought that was really interesting. I learned that actually rubbing gravestones is no longer recommended. No, there are. Doctors. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. Because it's two over a dozen injuries a year or something. I know. I'm surprised by that. So. Me too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I guess there are ways, and I think um, the gravestone girls and uh, Tamara Condi teach proper ways of rubbing. Um, gravestone girls are coming to Gill on July 29th. What is that? Uh, gravestone girls is Brenda Sullivan. She's. Um, doing the art of gravestones, the symbolism, what it represents uh, in society and how it changes over the centuries. And so she's going to familiarize herself with the four cemeteries in Gill and uh, take photos. And then her talk will be on the particular cemeteries in a virtual tour. Then she'll go to, she hasn't picked up which one she's going to do a, a real tour of with the group with a local historian who can talk about the people who are buried and she can talk about the, the stones themselves. And it's pretty stuff. interesting, like, yeah. thinking about, like, visual artifacts and that gravestones represent how people think of death or view death overall, yeah. and it changes so much over the years. And the landscaping of the cemeteries as well, their placement. I, I thought it was really interesting. And then... When I reached out to the Association for Gravestone Studies in Greenfield, because I didn't want to ignore a resource so close by and everything, um, a couple of people came through there with a lot of information. So mm. it kind of grew on me <laughs> to a kind of long article, but really interesting for me and I hope other people. So uh, you said you were going to um, kind of like prep it in advance and it ended up being not like that at all? Well, we developed this topic list over a month or so, at least, and it's just getting to the point of handing out assignments, defining what those assignments were, I, that kind of came close to the end there. Yeah, some yeah. of them came in closer to, yeah. to a deadline. I think yeah, also, but, you know, it was the, the scale of it. Um, yeah. We put out an 18-pager, 16's yeah. our norm. Several years ago, we did those historical mm-hmm. um, editions, and I really loved those. And also, it made the following week really crazy <laughs> every time because of like just the amount of like news that would be happening that we would kind of have to like catch shove up. onto the back burner yeah. and then catch up on. But even then, we had kind of a little safety valve where you know it, it kind of goes chronologically, and so at the very end, you could we could kind of dump some of that week's news, top news, like this is what happened. And, Um, You know, then it's ending up kind of on the back page, not the front. But there was a point in this process where, you know, I was realizing I really don't want it to be 
exclusively not a newspaper <laughs> this week and yeah. kind of carved out um, a section space to, to do um, news, news, which I was really happy that we did because um, we ended up with a, a big news story that also happens to relate to death. Yes. Mm. You know what? That wasn't on my list, but it should have been because it's about a historical cemetery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Burial ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe burial ground is more the appropriate term than cemetery. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this is a really interesting and, and kind of controversial story um, and has been for years uh, out of our pages, but finally resurfaced this year. Um, this is the story, First Light Agrees to Help Purchase Maria Monti Law, um, which was kind of a misleading headline <laughs> that I wrote. They're going to help purchase, but not with money, uh, is, is uh, what's happening here. Okay. But um, So this is up in Gill, um, folks driving up Main Road, if you live this direction from it, um, you get uh, up toward the, the bus lot at Kismeskis, and there's that cemetery on the right, and then on the left, across from it, there's just a big empty field, and it's uh, kind of on the corner right before West Gill Road, and that is uh, known as the Maria Monti parcel. And what happened um, with that lot is uh, the town, in I think 2004, purchased it, because the town had right of first refusal on the sale of the property and it was looking like it was otherwise going to be a huge condo development that had a lot of public opposition. And the town purchased it expecting to sell it out to maybe a solar developer was a lot of people's idea at the time. And in the course of doing that, people started coming forward and saying, well, you know, there's burials there, including um, that, you know, there was um, this this, uh, late 19th century um, history of the region that said that that there was discovered in Gill um, a unique spokes burial, you know, of uh, buried bodies exhumed that had been um, you know buried in, in you know an unusual pattern, and um, that a lot of people believe was on this this land that became kind of farmland after that and was plowed, um, and you know it was never really like proven or established or like located where that might have been, but. Because of that, um, you know, they really wanted to go look at it, and UMass did a phase one archaeological review of it, and one of the things that was turning up was that they thought that there were burials there, or maybe kind of closer to West Gill Road, um, but that they looked like they might be more recent, and so then there was a theory that nearby to the cemetery, there was kind of spillover of um, unmarked graves of either uh, indigent people, paupers, um, or potentially enslaved people. And um, that, you know, made things more interesting. And then the phase two archaeological um, review, which was 2007, 2008, wasn't very conclusive. And um, people started getting kind of frustrated. And and so the town and a bunch of um, private kind of citizens and, and, you know, local groups um, all put in money to hire someone to come by with ground-penetrating radar and just walk the entire field. And the, the data from that, I think that that review happened in 2009, but it was almost a year before the whole thing was analyzed. And then the person came up to Gil who had done it and said, okay, well, 
it looks like there's 200 to 300 places <laughs> where someone did something beneath the plow zone here in kind of an orderly pattern. And long story short, um, the Office of the State Archaeologist uh, came through and, and hoovered up all of the data and all of the research that had been done up to that point, and now it's you know behind closed doors um, at Mass Historical. And that's, that's an approach that... Um, you know, the state uh, has taken to um, a particularly pre-colonial, um, you know, archaeological resources, uh, and it's been a controversial one. Getting really into opinion stuff here, but um, my my observation is that you know it's really designed to make sure that you know there aren't adventurers out there and, and people trying to make a buck um, digging up um, you know other people's ancestors. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not a bad impulse as far as I'm concerned, but you know it's also the way it's done. A lot of folks, including some native people and you know, some some of like the tribal organizations, uh, are really critical of the kind of one-handed way that that's that's um, sometimes handled. And so almost every year there's like a bill introduced at the state level to you know make a commission to review all the archaeological policy at the state level and make recommendations about. I'm not sure where that process is, but you know, it's it's been something that a lot of a lot of people are really dissatisfied and, and critical about, and you know, will probably be covered down the road. But one of the prime examples of like the weird outcomes of that is is this you know situation with with the Maria Monti lot, where it's okay, so the the town has like spent money on this, and then there's just this big field sitting up there on on Main Road that no one can really say why, <laughs> and they know that they probably can't you know sell it off and have it developed, um, but you know. Is it being hayed? Yeah, so they, yeah. they put it out to bid every year um, for uh, someone to, to hay it at least, and that's a pretty surface um, surface level intervention. But so anyway, that's the whole background. And then, long story short, um, there's this whole other process going on right now about the federal relicensing for um, the hydroelectric infrastructure around here, including the Turner's Falls Dam. Now, the Turner's Falls Dam has flooded, you know, the section of, of um, the riverbank over over in Riverside and Gill. Um, you know, that that was the site of, of the the village or encampment um, where the 1676 massacre um, was perpetrated, and that uh, was believed to be, you know, 300 people killed in that. And uh, two things as a result of that, you know, first. There's this big process of research about that massacre um, and the subsequent uh, counterattack battle um, under you know a national parks grant, long-term process. Um, but one of the things with the national parks grant is the the end result of it is you know you kind of want to set up a park somewhere, <laughs> like a, some kind of educational interpretive thing about this this conflict event that happened in the past. And the most obvious place for that one is now underwater, right? Thanks to this hydroelectric dam. So. An agreement in principle uh, was put out um, that included the Elnu Abenaki and the Chibunga Gungamug band of the Nipmuc Indians and First Light and the Nolambika project, um, which said that First Light would help folks get a parcel of land to be the commemorative, you know, educational place and also for ceremony, you know. And that it would be the Maria Monti parcel. So I mean, this is like <laughs> not a lot of people watching this necessarily, but like in certain circles, huge news. Um, and that the power company would help it be purchased from the town of Gill, whatever that means. So okay. a lot of death in there, and potentially the deaths of, of uh, close to 300, 
for people um, who at least a handful of people now think may have been carried up that hill, ceremonially cremated, and their remains buried in that lot. Hmm. Super interesting. Sorry for the tangent. No, I mean, it's it's not really a tangent. It's just, it's a coincidence that the news happened to come to light on the week of March 30th, and that was one of the top headlines on A1, um, very much related to death. death that happened hundreds of years ago, but still, yeah. Yeah. Still present. All right, let's wrap it up. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Nina. (laughs) Thanks for having me. In the making